The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Tam Tam. I know. How are you? I feel like it's good night because, to be honest with you, I don't know if you feel this way, but every time it gets to 5 o'clock, I think to myself, I only have two more hours of the shit show, (laughs) and then I can actually go to bed. And literally, that is my life. And someone said to me, don't count down the hours. I'm like, I fucking count down the hours. (laughs) The minute it hits 7 o'clock, I'm like, I have an hour to myself before I have to go to sleep and do it all over again. Do you feel that way? Do you count down the hours? It's the worst. That's the worst part too, is like when you're actually, you kind of are excited to like go to bed, but then once you get in bed, you're like, fuck, I have to wake up and do this all over again. I know, I know. And so I don't know if you do this, but I stay up until 1 a.m. in the morning because it's (gasps) the only time that I get alone without my children. And like, I stay up and I'm like watching the great baking, British baking, (laughs) whatever show, great baking, great British Bake off. Bake off. Yeah. Um, and like, I just keep watching them make like tartines and scones and crepes until oh. like two o'clock in the morning. And then my kid comes in at six and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Why did I do this? Why <laughs> did I do this? I still need to watch the British baking show. I haven't seen it yet. You are missing out. I've got to watch on it. So many amazing <laughs> things. Well, our guest today is also a mom, and she's also so many more things than just a mom because we don't like to be just moms. No. She's a hyphen, hyphen, hyphen. So, who do we have oh. today, Roxy Soxy? Well, I'm very excited because I am a little bit obsessed with jewelry. So, you are obsessed I with jewelry. Am. You know, I always wear it. You know, like yeah, your nipple <laughs> ring too, right? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, I've got the whole body collection. I've got one down there. No, I don't. no, I, no, I don't. I wish I was that brave though, that I could like get everything pierced. That, uh, no, she, what if they pierced the wrong place? Oh. And it was like, you 
never ever had good sex again. I'd be really never. upset about that. Oh my yeah. god, you'd be so mad. I used to have my so belly button pierced it like when I was younger though. It fell out, but oh, okay. Right? So maybe that seems like the worst piercing. It's like here's my belly button. Now I, I don't want to show any part of that of my body. <laughs> no, I would never reveal my belly button now. Ever, no. Ever. No. Um but yeah, no, I'm super excited because she is an amazing jewelry designer. She's a mom. She also loves to hate on her kids like we do. So oh my gosh. we're going to have a super fun discussion today yeah. because where's we, my wine? <laughs> we've got Dana, Rebecca. Hey guys. First hey. of all, that was like meant for me, that opening. Everything <laughs> about it. I love it. Everything about and it. And you're hiding in a closet right now, which is where I spend most of my days hiding from my children. I have been in this closet since March 12th and it is my like sacred happy place, but it is fully where I hide from my kids. Uh, oh my God. I feel like you're like, I watch your stories and you're always in your closet. This is where I've, I've literally been working from here for almost a year. It's a really nice closet. I'm yeah. super jealous too. And I, I can see men's shirts on the side. So I'm like, Ooh, who's that guy? And she's like the person I had my kids with. <laughs> I gave him two inches in the closet. I felt like that was enough. Wow. The rest. That's, generous. That's generous. I wouldn't even let my husband put any no. in my closet. No, neither do I. Sean has like nope. a shitty little like yeah, side thing that's not even a closet. It's like, I think it was meant for uh, the vacuum. Yeah. And I'm like, that's your closet. That's and your I'll have a whole good. room. <laughs> You're like, it's so good, Sean. Trust me. Trust yeah. me. I'm like, you'll be fine. You don't need that many clothes. Yeah. Like, having too many clothes as a guy is not cool. Um, exactly. Exactly. So that's like very nice that you gave your husband that kind of real estate. Yes. I know. It's really right. nice. Well, we've loved you for a long time. I've, because Roxy's into jewelry and I'm into jewelry, but I just don't ever have time to like think about getting anything for myself. And I think it was about a year ago. I was like on Instagram. I was like, who is this? Like who's the designs that you have with your company um, are so simplistic, but they're so thoughtful and they're also romantic. There's something about your designs that I just really gravitate towards. And I've, I think I'm pretty sure all my earrings are your, your, uh, your studs. And, um, so tell us a little bit about your third generation jewelry designer. What was it about jewelry that lit a passion inside you to continue, um, being a third generation jewelry designer? Sure. So my story is really a little bit unique. Um, I was always the creative one in the family. I loved to create things. I was like the arts and crafts, like kid, you never wanted at your house because they weren't mm-hmm. satisfied with like going outside. <laughs> yeah. And, um, my dad is Moroccan Israeli. And when he came to America, he knew, um, the jewelry trade from like a very young age. His father was, um, an artisan. He was born in the mountains of Morocco. So, mm-hmm. Um, jeweler might be a little bit more advanced, but more of like an artisan where he made things with his hands. And so when my dad came to America, he, um, taught himself how to cut diamonds. And so our family has been in the jeweler industry for 50 years. And on the summer of my 16th birthday, I went overseas with my dad and he was on a diamond buying trip and I, I have no filter whatsoever. And I butted in on a conversation 
And the next thing I know, I was creating a line of jewelry, which I sold um, at two charity golf outings that summer when I was 16, sold out everything in the collection. Um, I continued to do it over the summer. And, you know, what's kind of interesting about your question is that I didn't know that it was, I thought of it as like a hobby. Mm -hmm. It was something I like to do. Um, I went to the University of Texas in Austin and I wanted to be a lawyer and I was going to go be this like badass bitch in the courtroom, you know, like Mm -hmm. just defending people. And just in my mind, that's all that it was. And it wasn't about school or like being educated. You're like, it's like that show. Uh, What's that show? Exactly. You know, what's any, any show, LA law or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Like scandal, you know? So, um, I decided with some encouragement from family that maybe I should pursue what was like a hobby to me. So I went to the Gemological Institute of America, which is where they grade diamonds. And I studied in their applied jewelry arts program. And then like a lunatic launched Dana Rebecca. So three, like three to four months after being in design school, just like jumped right in. And so Dana Rebecca will be 14 years old in May. And you know, what's amazing is that I really turned a hobby into a passion and Mm -hmm. which makes it being your career so much more rewarding. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so hard too. I think like when you're, especially when you're like coming up and trying to figure out what you want to do, it's like, like, I guess, how did it really come down to like you going the jewelry route versus like the law route? I mean, I know you were interested in both, but I think a lot of times people are really confused about which passion to follow. Cause it's like, sure. oh, I, I like this, but then I also really like this, you know? Sure. I, I think it really came down to one thing. My brother was studying for the LSAT to get into law school. And he was like, you're crazy. If you do this, you know, try like, it's, it's not often that you're in college and you have a business. Right. And so the idea of getting to do something so cool that made other people happy was like, you know what? Being a lawyer will be there, Mm -hmm. but jewelry you know, I, I guess they'll both be there, but I think it's important to go follow something to see if it could be something that you would love to do every day. And I guess the age of 16, all the way through my senior year of college, I didn't know that it was something that I love so much because I was so lucky to do it at a young age that mm-hmm. it didn't like the dots weren't really connected for me mm-hmm. until it was like mine. Right. And I mm-hmm. got to see the fruits of my labor. Um, So I'm grateful for the conversations that I had with my brother. Mm. And also like, I grew up in a, in a, it's like in my blood, Mm -hmm. you know, I had to follow it to see where it took me. Mm. I've always been fascinated um, with how something like the process works, you know, like I had a, a, a children's clothing company and I learned so much about, you know, the genesis of like an idea and then you see the actual idea come to fruition and it's tangible and you can touch it and someone wears it, you know? So take us through the process of like jewelry designing and making and sourcing till up and up until the point where someone actually puts it on their finger, because I'm sure it's, it's an intricate, interesting, fascinating journey from start to finish. 
It's actually so amazing to get to share that like behind the scenes of creating jewelry. And Mm -hmm. I do it um, usually when I'm either in my family's factory, which is based in Chicago, or when I'm overseas um, in Hong Kong or India. And it's so amazing because it's one of those like um, art. It's one of those things that hasn't changed. It hasn't evolved Mm -hmm. all that much the idea of like how to create jewelry. Um, For me, I'm, my jewelry is all about being classic, wearable and timeless. I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to reinvent the wheel. I am trying Mm to, I strive to make sure that those are the pieces that you're going to pass down to your daughter. It's multi-generational, your daughter, your mother, you can wear it. And it is about, you know, bridging the gap between the pieces that you have in your collection that may be vintage to the pieces that you're buying from other designers that could be trendy, right? Mm -hmm. We sit really nicely in the middle. And so for me, a lot of the pieces that I create can really be from sketch all the way to in my hand in like three weeks, which is so quick. Mm -hmm. Um, we're really lucky to have a very close relationship with all of our factories that create everything. If you told me you wanted to get engaged on Tuesday, I could make you a ring by Tuesday. You know, Mm -hmm. could I make you the most detailed ring by Tuesday? No, but you know, the process is really under our control, which I think is really an awesome part of what we do, but it's so cool to think about the fact that you, 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 you buy bars of gold, right? You Mm -hmm. buy 24 karat gold. And I've actually posted it on my Instagram. It looks like big Hershey chocolate bars, right? Mm -hmm. Like Willy Wonka, they're super heavy. And that is taken and and made into multiple different variations of metal. So 14 karat, 18 karat, and it's all mixed. And just the process starting from there, from this bar that then gets melted down into these little beads that then gets Mm -hmm. created into color, that then gets like you know, you make a wax. It's just a really special process and a lot of hands touch it. And it's very like, it's very special in jewelry. I know you guys know this is emotional. Mm-hmm. We all have something. And I think it's, it extends so far past whether you have means to have jewelry or, you know, you maybe don't have anything nice, but you know about something is important to you in your family, or there was a timepiece, or you remember an earring your grandmother wore. And by Mm -hmm. the way, the earring could be $5, but jewelry has, it reminds people of something. It brings back the past. Mm -hmm. It's so nostalgic. And I I love that. Mm -hmm. So I aim to really sort of be in the middle of that where pieces remind you of something that you had, but are classic and clean and easy for forever. You know, I really love your jewelry, especially because it's wearable luxury, you know, like you have these really fine jewelry pieces, but it's not something I'm intimidated or I'm afraid to wear to like the grocery store or, you know, just like day to day, which is really nice. And especially being a parent too, you know, it's still really wearable when you have kids, but you feel elevated because you're like, oh, you know, I've got like diamonds on my finger, you know, and it feels really good. But I wanted to ask you, What is the biggest misconception about diamonds? Because I think we all sort of have this idea of like, you know, diamonds are a girl's best friend. It's like, you know, these amazing stones. And so what is like the biggest misconception? I would definitely start with blood diamonds, conflict diamonds. I think that movie has probably been 15 years by now or whatever. I think it put a, a big question mark over the industry. 
Um, but I also think it forced the the start of the process of the mm-hmm. diamond mines, you know, the beginning of the industry to really take a hard look at things. Mm-hmm. I get asked every single day, are your diamonds ethically sourced? And mm-hmm. the truth is, is that a movie can really push a story. Mm-hmm. And almost I, I do not know any diamond dealer who is not part of the Kimberly process, which is a contract with the mines in these countries to make sure that the the, the workers are paid fair. Um, and so I would say how, how diamonds are sourced is really one of those mm. misconceptions. And I would also say um, that you, that, that jewelry, especially fine jewelry mm-hmm. is only for luxury, right? Mm-hmm. Our price point starts at 220. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of clients who that is the one nice thing they buy all year and they mm-hmm. save up for it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a misconception that it's not attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, we really, really work hard on our pricing being, you know, more, more for everybody. Um, sure. $200 is a huge expense, but we really do bridge that gap because it is fine jewelry. And I think People buy a lot of costume at that price too, mm-hmm. but don't realize that they can make an investment in something that will last them with proper care <laughs> for a long time. Well, that's another thing too. I feel like we don't really know how to care for our diamonds and metals. Do you have any like advice about that? I do. I think your jewelry needs to take a rest the same as you. Mm-hmm. I really urge people to be very mindful taking their jewelry off at night mm. when they shower. I've worn um, this for like a year. <laughs> I know. I, on my fingers. Oh my God. <laughs> These are yours in my ear. Sorry for interrupting, but crap. You know, I Listen, I hear it all the time. People live in it. Um, I think it is a matter of how sparkly it will be. Mm. You know, if you're going to yeah. shower in it, it's going to have buildup. Um, I do recommend that you get it cleaned. You get your diamonds checked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it will last you a lifetime if you take care of it. Now I will say something. Mm-hmm. I do think that there are people who do wear jewelry all the time and they're not hard on their jewelry, mm-hmm. but there are people who are abusive to their jewelry and, and literally like, I thought you can't break a diamond. Well, you can break a diamond by being abusive, right? Mm-hmm. I had somebody run over a ring with a car, a car. I don't know how Mm -hmm. the ring got underneath the car. It's very (laughs) unknown to me, but they were shocked that the ring was no longer around. (laughs) And I'm thinking, Uh, run over a ring with a car. I mean, the car trumps the ring. Right. But or a person, (laughs) you know, there is, there is this idea that diamonds are indestructible. Mm -hmm, They're they're not, they can be broken. Right. Um, but I think it's about like also how you wear it. If you acknowledge that you break things or that wearing a bracelet every day would get caught, like, it's just not a great idea to wear it. Mm. I think when it comes to caring for your jewelry, one of the most important things is that when you do take it off, you properly place it somewhere. We hear all the time that I lost one earring because I didn't know where I put the other one. I'm always like, put them together in a bag, mm-hmm. clasp right. your clasp. Mm-hmm. It's always like, if you leave it and you put it next to your bed and it's mm-hmm. unclasped, that's when it's like, 
frazzled and tangled. So I do think proper care of jewelry Mm -hmm. is just thinking through how you wear it and how you sort of treat your jewels. Mm -hmm. Right. Which goes to my next question, which is, are diamonds really valuable or are they not? Or is it just because I heard, and this might be just a story that there's actually a lot of diamonds out there. They just aren't readily available. So that's why they're, they're valuable. Um, but they're not, they're not, sorry. My question isn't, are they valuable? My question is, are they rare? Mm. Are diamonds rare? So that's a great question. So the supply and demand of diamonds is really a fascinating it's its own podcast like mm-hmm. there's so much let's do it so, let's yeah, get let's into it get that's into what it. i want to know are they are they really rare mm-hmm. they are they are diamonds are rare i think you come to a point where it's very rare for sizes and shapes what's really fascinating is i don't know if either one of you has ever seen like a rough diamond right out of the mine it looks mm-hmm. like it looks like a dirty rock mm-hmm. like yeah. and and i've literally held them on buying trips and been like this little rock right here is two hundred thousand dollars like it's mind-blowing right what's really interesting is that a machine will look into that diamond and be able to plot it out and say we can get a two carat oval in addition to this one carat you know round or whatever it may be whatever it can see inside that Mm. used to be done by hand by people like my dad Mm. right it's only been in the industry for 50 years. So there is a, I mean, there are, the supply chain is managed, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. diamonds, what the bigger they get, the more fancy of shapes, they, they are rare. Diamonds are very valuable. And mm-hmm. even from, I've been married nine I know, years. That's what, that's what happens <laughs> to us too. We're, We're like, how long have we been married? And what's his name? Yeah. What's his name? That guy, that thing. The yeah. Guy, yeah. That like, guy was what fun. year is it? I keep being like, what year is it? Like, I just want it to be like 2019 or I want it to be 2023. Like to like, I'm always like, did I lose a year of my life? I yeah. think I did. You did. You did. Um, I did. Yeah. We so all like, did. did. Yeah, we did. So I have a round diamond and my, the value of my diamond has gone up significantly in nine years. Like that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> um, diamonds have a tremendous amount of history. Mm. It's a really fascinating um, industry that, mm. You know, I think it's really spectacular that you can own something that will have more value Mm -hmm. um, later. I think that's cool. And I think that there's so much, there's so many, there's so much history in the industry in general. Like I said, it's its own podcast. (laughs) You know, I'm so curious because you do have all these beautiful materials, you know, you've got these rare gems and diamonds and, you know, the metals and all the great stuff, but once you have all those things and you're designing and you're trying to get it out to the consumer, like, is it hard to make money in the jewelry business? So that's a really interesting question. Mm-hmm. Y- yes and no. Okay. Um, we, I- I'm really lucky that I was raised in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, that puts me at an advantage because mm-hmm. I'm closer to the source mm-hmm. um, for sort of everything. So mm-hmm. a lot of our um, contacts are people who are site holders in the mines. So my, mm. my diamonds aren't going through like 
dozens of middlemen before they get to me. So that helps me with price, right? Mm -hmm. I also deal, I deal directly with our factory, A, because my family owns one and B, because my um, family relationships. So I don't have like a middleman who's helping me. A lot of jewelry designers, that is the case, is they have someone who's managing the process for them and dealing with the factory. Mm. If you've ever seen my stories, I'm in the factory all the time. In India, four to five times a year, like really, truly in it. And so I'm lucky because that helps me maintain my price, right? Mm. But the biggest thing for me and how I was raised was that it's not about making money per each item that you sell, Mm -hmm. but the long play. And I love that because of our price point, it allows women to make a purchase multiple times a year, Mm -hmm. right? And to treat themselves, you know, maybe similar to how you would buy a pair of shoes or a handbag. We really aim towards, you know, our clientele is that self-purchasing woman who's making the buying decisions herself, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily waiting for an occasion like Mother's Day or Valentine's Day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think we are really lucky that in the four, almost 14 years, we just have a lot of clients who are consistently adding to their collection with our pieces, mm-hmm. which in turn is where the value is for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, of mm-hmm. course, we have a lot of one-time customers, but for us, we're not, we don't, it's not about the margin. It's about the long-term relationship, which the great news is, is with Dana Rebecca, you can start your journey with us by buying an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see it all the time. It starts with an engagement ring, then a wedding band, then wedding earrings, a bridesmaid's gift, mm-hmm. a one-year anniversary, a push present. And it's just like all these milestones. So we're really lucky that that's more what's important to us than it is making money per piece mm. and it's accessible too. you know having mm. um jewelry that's accessible that's like fine jewelry that's accessible <clears throat> and people can spend you can spend 250 dollars, like mm-hmm. you know on something for yourself and that's why i think it's 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 such a great company and such a great <clears throat> such great products um how did you grow so if someone's listening to this and they think okay great i've always wanted to be um have my own jewelry company and I want to do what Dana Rebecca is doing. How do you grow from like the idea of starting something? And then now you have all these people who are buying your pieces and they're rebuying your pieces and they're coming back and they're telling their friends, how do you grow from where you started to where you are now? And how do you grow even further from Mm -hmm. where you are now to, to what you, where you want to go in your future? So I think one of the things that's really difficult about today's world is like those shark tank TV moments, right? Mm -hmm. That like, you have to have this big grand business launch, or you need to have a ton of money and investors and this big hoopla. When I launched my business, I literally launched with, I think it was like 18 pieces. Mm -hmm. I used my bat mitzvah money. Mm -hmm. I sold five. I took that five. I bought seven, you know? I think that as a jewelry, as how about this, selling any sort of product that you have inventory in Mm -hmm. isn't the type of business that you're just going to be like rolling in the dough, right? Mm -hmm. Because you need inventory. When you Mm -hmm. sell that piece, you don't get to go buy a car. Mm -hmm. You have to go then buy more jewelry to sell more product. Mm -hmm. And so 
I think that's what's really tricky. Um, I feel really lucky that I came before the era of Shark Tank and really that pressure to have customers right away. Mm-hmm. I worked out of my family's office for five years, right? And I did every single thing the business needed for two full years. That was the promise that I made to myself. I would not hire anybody. Mm-hmm. I would do everything, accounting, PR, everything. And I wasn't Mm -hmm. even an expert at it. But what I knew was that when I would be fortunate enough to grow my team, that I would really have a lot of knowledge and Mm -hmm. mistakes that I made. And Mm -hmm. I think what seems so easy today, especially when you watch a TV show, is that like blood, sweat and tears goes into all of it. Of course. Right. Mm -hmm. It goes into building starting a podcast, it goes into mm-hmm. building. Oh yeah, we you know. know. <laughs> right. Like, it doesn't happen overnight. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what that is the hardest thing. I think mm-hmm. you also have to have a point of view. You have to have value to whoever you're speaking to that mm-hmm. is different or somehow, you you know, it doesn't have to be super different. Like I said, we're very classic. We're timeless, but you have to provide value, right? Mm -hmm. I think our quality is value. And I think our price is value. Mm -hmm. I think the depth of our collection is a huge value. What I think people don't acknowledge when you start something new is that it's a, it doesn't end, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a day, day to day grind. And so I think where I've been super successful, I owe a lot of it to my family who's been in the industry. So the trust portion, that box was checked when I mm-hmm. launched my business, right? Mm-hmm. I, Like I said, I was 16 years old selling expensive jewelry. I didn't launch my de- first diamond collection until I was a freshman in college, but mm-hmm. I had that like check because my father had been in the industry. So it was like vetted by me, right? Mm-hmm. By, by him. I think what really, really drove home is that I appreciated every single sale and every single customer who supported me. I have people that I consider customers who have never shopped with me before. Mm-hmm. They never spent money with me. How about that? They never spent a dollar with me, mm-hmm. but they are so positive and encouraging and supportive mm-hmm. that it's, and it is a, a mutually important relationship. Mm-hmm. I wrote a thank you note to every single, a handwritten thank you note to every single person who bought Dana Rebecca for like five years. Wow. That's yeah. commitment. I mean, that's great though. That's like being gracious too, you know, and because you know- it all meant something. It wasn't yeah. just this like out the door thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, I was also thinking of it as like these, and I had a lot of one of a kind pieces when I started. And I would think of it like, these are my children. I've worked so hard on them and I mm. want them to go to a good home. And I want them to know that like, I want the person who owns it to know that I think that way, right. That they're mm. going to treat that piece. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of clients from 12, 13 years ago who say, come on over. I mean, not during COVID, but come on over, <laughs> come visit your children. I'll open right. up your drawers. You could see all your kids. But to answer the second part of your question, um, the last year, my business has completely changed. Um, I have like dropped the curtain. It is more about being authentic, talking Mm -hmm. to the customers, meeting the Mm -hmm. customers where they are in their lives. I didn't know that that was with, that was inside of me. I had spent most of my time on social media 
promoting the jewelry, talking about my travels, mm-hmm. promoting the designs. And in March, when I was stuck home with my two children, sent my nanny home for five months, <laughs> I was like, I shared the first thing I shared was like the computer open, my mom on FaceTime yeah, was like, so real. you're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to babysit. And people thought something different. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think from now forward is building a community of like-minded women who feel good about making a purchase. And you know what? Not everything that I post is about me. It's not Mm -hmm. always about the jewelry. And I think people feel good that you're not being like shoved in your face, a product Mm -hmm. all the Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. right? You sort of subliminally purchase because you feel good about the brand or you like it. Mm-hmm. and you want to support it not because i told you this product is new mm-hmm. so you know you mentioned the wrench obviously thrown into uh thrown into the world this this past year uh with the pandemic um and did you ever have moments during that when your business was changing that you were like oh fuck like freaking <laughs> out <laughs> yeah freaking the fuck out yeah like literally did- freaking the fuck out it was really dark March and April. It was incredibly, it was incredibly challenging. Um, you know, we, we have a very unique business in that we do sell, um, our Dana Rebecca collection. So Mm. all the pieces that are staples to the brand, we also have a bridal business. Mm -hmm. Um, we sell to Nordstrom as our exclusive, um, department store. Mm -hmm. We sell to about 75 boutiques across the country Mm-hmm. Um, we have an online store and we have two showrooms that are appointment only one is in New York and one in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So you have all these streams of revenue. And then all of a sudden, all but one, mm-hmm. which is the website mm-hmm. goes to zero. Nordstrom closes doors, all of our independents, um, independent retailers. It was a really, really difficult time. What Mm -hmm. I will say is that the truth of sharing what was going on in my life Mm -hmm. um, is what really rallied people to support the brand. I know that sounds like a little bit kind of crazy, but like I said, that authentic person came out and people were like, she's wearing it. She's wearing a diamond necklace while she's on her Zooms. Mm-hmm. I should wear a diamond necklace while I'm on my mm-hmm. Zoom. You know, mm-hmm. like I haven't gone out to dinner in forever. And I talk about jewelry so specifically. Like, I think when people talk about buying a piece of jewelry, it to me, it's not just like, oh, let's go buy a piece of jewelry. I want to mm-hmm. know what you have in your jewelry box. I want to know what you wear. I want to know how you wear it. I mm-hmm. want to know what you feel like you're missing. I don't want, I don't want to take your money because you want to buy jewelry or you want to spend money. I want you to live in what you own, obviously, with giving it some breaks. Um, but I'm a firm believer in making building a jewelry box really, really thoughtfully. And so I talked about those things and I shared that and it resonates with people that she's just not throwing something down our throats. I tell people no all the time. Like you definitely don't need that. Right. right. <laughs> so my honesty comes with it. You know, when people mm-hmm. come to me, they're like, I want another pair of huggies. I'm like, you have six pairs of huggies. Mm-hmm. Like, right. You know, True. like, let's be honest here. Um, mm-hmm. we did celebrate our 13th anniversary in mm-hmm. May and we had our best month in our business's history online. We beat the Christmas before 
Um, it was like completely epic. And it was because people wanted to celebrate with us. It was because people had developed, I think also a lot of websites. I'm not just saying us. We all started seeing traffic to our site. I think people mm. were tired of being at home. Yeah. You know, we all went into this with like, it's going to be two weeks. I was so positive on March 12th. When so we was went. I. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be great. We're going to like, like, I can do this. We yeah. had a Zooms planned yeah. every week that yeah, lasted had, like four weeks. We had like wine Zooms, like with the moms, right? like, every, yeah. yeah, like the whole bit. And it was like, we were all it was so fucking positive. Yeah. We yeah. All like, oh, we're going to craft with our kids all day, like in love yeah. on each other. And, and we did for things. like two weeks. My lasted for like two hours. I remember texting my husband and he turned 40 on March 11th and March 12th. I pulled the girls from school. Oh my God. And I joke with him. I'm like, at least you've got to go out to dinner on your 40th birthday. Like I, my birthday, yeah. we were home. Like we yeah. were still at the kitchen table. And what's crazy is COVID was everywhere then, but like, yeah. we had no idea. I mean, the things yeah. that we did in January, I was traveling, you know, in, I was in, I think in February I was in Germany. I was right. like, Oh, I went know, to India. Licking everything. India. Like, yeah. I mean, India is, yeah, not a place to be if I went you want to India, not be. like, at the end of February, and I remember being, like, we brought masks with us. We had really been very privy to what was happening because our production was completely closed in China. And it had been, actually, maybe yesterday, I think it was yesterday, mm-hmm. a year ago is when our factory. So we've been affected by it for about six weeks longer than the actual like shutdowns were. Um, but it was a really dark time. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I had, I've never, t- I never took a maternity leave with either of my girls. I went to, I had a baby. I went home, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was, 48 hours later. And then I went to work. Yeah. That's and what we did too. Mm-hmm. I never was with my kids this much. It was like, wait, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. I don't do you feel like you're you- screwing up your kids in, in um, quarantine? Cause I, yesterday I was at the end of my tether and my daughter dropped chocolate milk on the bed. And I, I screamed like, I, like I shocked myself. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe. And it was honestly. And I told my husband this when your cup is so full mm-hmm. and it's, three more drops in that cup and it overflows. Mm -hmm. That's what happens, you know? And when your cup is half full and you have a few more drops, you have, you go, Oh, don't worry about it, honey. Let's just put it in the, you know, the dryer, the washer, you'll be fine. We'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But like, sometimes you just can't take on any more. And I feel like I'm screwing up my kids. I mean, again, my husband has COVID like, but we're all (laughs) in survival mode, but, um, but yeah, I feel like I'm definitely screwing them up in, in, in this, in this, uh, quarantine. I think you have to flip the script because Mm. I think our kids are going to look at this as one of the greatest times in their lives. Okay. We, because mom I'll go with that theory. Yeah, that works. (laughs) They're going to remember mom and dad being home. They're going to remember doing things. I would have never played a a board game with my kids. Like, Mm. you know, after dinner, we, we did a lot of things that we had never done before that. Right. 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 And my kids are really lucky. They've been in school. Oh, I know you're that's so not lucky. the case. I know that's not oh. the case, but they are really excited to come home. And my right. kids are, 
I thought like, oh my, I, I know that there are social and emotional issues that are affecting them. I think we were like going to be uncaged animals like mm-hmm. when this is all over literally those stories saying the roaring 20s came after the last pandemic mm-hmm. i'm ready to put ball gowns on and oh yeah that. i'm wearing it to the grocery store i don't care like, i'm wearing a ball gown excited. to the grocery store i'm just ready to go to like a bar and get drunk like just right. like yeah. i'd go dance on a big cat like fuck i would go to drinks tonight with somebody that i don't like yeah. just to go <laughs> And leave the house. Like I'm gonna lick I'm the t- floor. Yeah. I'm just gonna be like, I don't care if I get a stomach bug. I'm like, thank God I'm getting a bug that's not COVID. Like I'm yeah, like, right. bring on all the bugs that are not COVID. You know what, moms? I think moms are finally getting the appreciation that has been lacking. I think that this is this has made partners really look differently at how much a mom bears especially a working mom right being a mom is the hardest fucking job and you know what i lose my fucking shit on my kids all the fucking time you scream at them oh yeah really okay okay yes yes and see doesn't see i don't do i've never i never in my while i would i've never seen you yell firstly and i don't ever think that you're a child which is like an angel child who like dresses in princess outfits to get up for breakfast and like is so good i never would think that you would ever yell at her there's nothing to yell at her for do you know what it is for me i yell more at my husband i yell at him all the fucking (laughs) time because you want to yell at her so you yell at him yes that's exactly it i channel but i yell at his fucking ass like every day you know what do you say oh i mean let's go what did you say today what did you and then but he can't say it back to you no because then he'll be you can't say it to him (laughs) but i can't not because i gotta get it out (laughs) roxy that's called therapy that's called need help me i need i need somebody come come and get me come and save me because i need it yeah, That's I another thing. You... I couldn't even get into a therapist right now anyway here. Yes, you can. Guess what I got, guys? Oh, I got an Zoom. app called Better, betterhelp.com. It's an app. And I just signed up for and This is not an ad. It sounds like an ad. Um, it's 200 bucks a month and okay. you get four sessions. And then the, the oh. woman came on. I had my first session two days ago uh-huh. and I was like, oh God, this is going to be like, this like, is going to be great. You know, like yeah. I texted Sean. I was like, Oh, it sounds like she's a smoker. <laughs> Raspy <laughs> voice. I was like, I can't even hear her. This is a disaster. And then by the end of it, I was like, you know what? Like it might not be 90% of what you need, but it's like 70%. And right now, like, I think you just got to take what you can get. So it was good then. Cause I've been tra- thinking about doing like an app like that, but I was like, well, oh, you know, like when you have a great glass of wine, you're like, oh my God, at Craig's in Los Angeles. It yeah. was like. A wine from like, you know, an expensive wine from CBS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're really selling That's it That's what now. it was like. <laughs> but, but to your point, it's still, it's still wine. It's yes, still, it was still wine. Yes, it still does a yes, trick. Like you still, still get the It bus. still did something. Okay. Yes. Okay. I mean, it and it was expensive wine. It was yeah. someone yeah. to talk to. And, yeah. you know, you could have probably bought the nice wine and just talked to the bottle of wine at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Talk to the lab. <laughs> so no it's worth it yeah so dana have you been doing therapy too like especially during no no i mean listen i say what's on my mind 100 percent of the time and so i'm a nipper 
Like okay. if that bothered me, I'm a nipper. You Would know, you like, yell like, at your husband? Like, yes. Oh okay. my God. Like, what do you say? Yeah, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. What I think, I think when it comes Specifics. to, I think when it comes to men, they do not hear what we hear. Like, it's just, it's like the communicate. You're like, how did you just say that? But you didn't really, you don't think you said that. Like, right. it's, it's a communication, communication thing to me. So I'm like, I'm always like, are you fucking listening to yourself? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's listening. It's being heard. Like, mm-hmm. I can think back mm-hmm. to like when we were cool and we didn't have kids and mm-hmm. like I wouldn't go out or I would leave the, the night and be like, you can stay out. And then he wouldn't like text me back for like two hours. I'd be like, cool, he's dead in a gutter. And then he'd right. come home at like <laughs> three in the morning and I'd uh-huh. be like, you're no longer like 19. Like you yeah. need to text, text somebody. Right, like, right. You know, and it's like, oh, okay. Like you're right, you know, and it's my whole thing with my husband is I'm always right, no matter what. <laughs> Maybe that's why you do need therapy. <laughs> I'm sure I would like I'd probably need therapy for myself, right? Uh, more than I need for my marriage. Mm. I think that it is. I think we're in such a fucking unique time in history that mm. like you do whatever it takes to help you get through the day. Like literally how your opening was like, I know you both follow me on Instagram, but like, I think the weekends are the worst. I hate seven o'clock. Like, I mean, I love (laughs) seven o'clock. It's like a, it's like a, like, I'm just counting down the minutes. I know. Um, But you know what? I I really firmly believe our kids are going to look back at this as a really unique time we lived with my parents this summer like safely and mm-hmm. when what as a 36 year old adult like I think that that's really fucking cool that I got to live with my parents right yeah. that my girls yeah. got to live with my parents I think that there's things I'm sure my husband is playing some game with my girls right now you know I just I think that it's more special than we give it credit we're so consumed in the day-to-day that like, yeah, we all yell at our kids. Maybe not Roxy, but like no, she yells at her husband. <laughs> She's just pushing it somewhere else. Yeah. I do think that this is, this is a challenging time, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, I remember saying to Jonathan, I want to say it was like month. No, maybe it was like week four or five. I was like, this is a make or a break of a marriage. Oh my gosh. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. And for some reason, I actually think, and I don't know why, but I think our marriage has gotten stronger because Same. we've been together to communicate Same. more. Mm-hmm. Whereas like ships passing in the night, working, traveling, you know, like living life, being with your girlfriends, doing this and that, mm-hmm. like we neglect, we probably neglected each other in that passing. Right. And then like, yeah. that's where that miscommunication happens and you don't like have anyone therapist. else you know no. the problem is like right the reason why my, I think my marriage got better in, in quarantine is you don't really have anywhere to go so you have to so, so I used to like leave the house and like take a breather and I used to do it a, like a lot when we fought and now I'm like you know what yes you can go take a breather I think that's wonderful but it's just there's it just wastes time. You know what I mean? Like try to calm myself down in the moment Mm. um, for 20 minutes and then try to communicate with him. Um, And Mm. it hasn't always worked. And sometimes it gets really frustrating and overwhelming, but you realize like, what's the greater good? And the greater good is you love each other and you want to be together and you have to try to figure out how to fix it. And sometimes that is 
Roxy and I talk about this all the time mm. is being vulnerable and saying things like, again, I know you say you're always right. I think I'm always right. <laughs> but having to say like, you know what, like Sean, like I just exploded at you and it was really shitty and I shouldn't have done that. Mm. And it's really hard to say that sometimes and be vulnerable. And I do that yeah. with my kids too. Like yesterday I screamed at my kid and then I said, you know what, Phoenix, I'm really sorry. I was like, I'm human. And I fuck up. And I, I didn't say that. Actually, maybe I didn't say fuck up. <laughs> I'm like pretending to be this perfect mom. I was like, I didn't say fuck. I was like, no, I think I did. You um, did. And, yeah, I did. And I was like, you know, people fuck up. Mommy fucks up. <laughs> um, Mommy's I, fucked I, up. Yeah. Mommy's fucked up. Um, uh, and I, but I love you so much. And just know that I am not a robot. And sometimes I get overwhelmed too. And it's not about you. It's about me. And the thing is, I realized like the relationships that we had with our parents and then their relationships that they have with their parents. Mm -hmm. I very rarely heard, you know, I'm really sorry because I fucked up. You know what I mean? And I think that hopefully by acknowledging it and by listening to our children and communicating when we do screw up, I hope that that means that when they become parents, it just becomes better with each generation and the way that they communicate with each other. So I hope that me screaming didn't damage her. I'll probably have to talk to my therapist, my <laughs> CVS, my, my expensive wine CVS therapist um, next week about it. Um, but I hope I'm not screwing her up. I hope she's like learning empathy and I hope she's learning um, grace and vulnerability because those are the things that they model on us. And, um, you know, and it's, it's hard to do. You know what, Tamman? I have to back you up on that because I actually did try that last night. I did scream at her. Um, just cause it was like, tr- we were trying to get her to bed. One of the dogs threw up like three times. On the <laughs> Always fucking, fucking dogs know, throw up know. just before bed. Exactly. Like I said right dog before yesterday. bed. I know. Yeah. And she's running around and she doesn't want to eat her dinner. Then it's like, you know, trying to get her to bed and she didn't want to go to bed. And I did yell at her, but I did do that technique where I just literally got on her level, like yes. ate myself short and was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I am so sorry. You know, I did this and I really tried to put it to, you know, I'm trying to put that to the test and like really use it because mm-hmm. I think there is value in that technique. And if we respect yeah. them, I feel like they're going to respect us. You know, it'll be I like, I did that a, with my two-year-old too. You know, the work. technique that we were talking about, yes. um, there's a technique, uh, Dana, that we, from our last podcast, there was an amazing woman who talked us through like really you know, communicating with our children. And it's like, you actually bend down and crouch down to their level. And that's why I did even with Lennon, who's two years old. And she was screaming at me. She was like, no, no, no. And I was like, can I hold you? She's like, no, no mommy. And so I got down to her level and I was like, you know what? I understand. And it's weird because she's two years old. So you think she doesn't really get it. It's like, I understand you just come to me. I'm not going to force you. You come to me when you're ready for a hug. And like within 10 seconds, she was like, okay. And then came to me. So it's like, it's um, almost like it's a non-threatening thing. They're like, sure. oh, I trust, I trust this person. Obviously they're my parents, but sometimes you don't trust your parents, but like, I trust them and mm. I, I want to move closer. It makes sense. If you think about it, like a mm. two foot little thing with a parent standing over, like trying to console you, isn't comforting. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, I've had some really interesting conversations in the last day, um, just about like how we're so impressionable on our kids and the things Mm -hmm. that we say. Mm -hmm. And I had an incident yesterday where I left my closet. I went to my, I walked to my office, which is pretty close. And I got to work and my, I had decided I was feeling good. I woke up, I put jeans on and I couldn't breathe. I literally couldn't breathe in my jeans. I had to leave work. (laughs) And I had like been on Instagram posting about how I was going to work to do this thing. 
and I was going to share it. And then I showed myself back at home and I was like, I couldn't breathe in my jeans. And I said, you know, I don't know when they fit me last, but but the bottom line was skinny doesn't taste good to me. And I had (laughs) so many people DM me and say, God, you just don't see that on Instagram anymore. You don't Mm -hmm. just see. And I, and I, made a point in saying like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay Mm. that they didn't fit me. It wasn't even about that. I was like, I just like to eat and I'm going to be honest about it. And, you know, but I was so sad at the amount of women who messaged me and said, I think that that's amazing that you feel that way. My mom made me have these body issues and made me, Mm. and I had this like really strong last 24 hours with people who have followed me talking about like, how impressionable certain mm-hmm. conversations are. And mm-hmm. so there, I didn't tell the girls why I left work um, mm-hmm. because I don't ever want them to associate that something, my jeans were tight or something being tight is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was something so simple like that. But I think that there is so much more like pressure today. Like I am so happy that I am the age that I am because mm-hmm. growing up with Instagram and the, way the world is scares me. Mm -hmm. But I feel like for our kids, like the conversations that we're having and the way we frame things, even saying mommy's fuck up sometimes, right? Like, or however you say it, like, no, I said, so important. (laughs) We have these, we really think through the things that we say. And Mm. my mom never, ever talked Mm. about size Mm. or body or weight or anything. And so I definitely have my own demons that I think we all have. It's just a matter of like how you are able to suppress what you see in the mirror or what, you know, like we all Mm -hmm. have it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's natural, but I think the way it's discussed by your mother and in your home. Mm -hmm. And I was just so blown away today by how many people have made to be feel like they're lesser than, or have Mm -hmm. said, do you need that second cookie? Like, you know, you think that that's so not a big deal, but it is if you hear it all the time. And so just the way you frame it, I talk to my girls, like, do you need a second cook? Like, do you want a second cookie? Like Are you hungry? You know, yeah. Versus like, you don't need a second cookie. Right. Mm-hmm. Or why don't we save that cookie for tomorrow? And you can have it for a snack in the middle of the day. Right. I think specifically with like the way you treat food is like, the more you allow it to be okay, the less mm-hmm. they sort of want it. Right. Except my kids. This is the problem. My kids want can't because they don't have well, they do, but like they want cupcakes and cookies all the time. All the time. It's in our house all the time. It's so in our house really too. Care. Like there's so yeah. much here. And like when I have it here, that's all she wants. Like she just came in now on this podcast to go take another cookie. You know, and I don't and and it's hard because there is a fine line because between yes, don't give them issues because you know. It can, I, I had anorexia, bulimia, <clears throat> all of those things when I was younger and it ruined a lot of my life. Um, I don't think of my body like that anymore. I mean, I, I don't love my body. I would like to get to a point where I do. So I ha- I, I'm really careful with how I talk to my children, but there's, there's a fine line between like, I want you to feel good and be healthy mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you're allowed to have whatever you want. But then I also think... And this is my, I don't ever talk to the, to my kids about this, but like I was bullied so much because I was overweight. And then there's a part of me that doesn't want my kids to be overweight because I don't want them 
to go, go through, through what I went through and kids are horrible and they're nasty and it, it, it messed me up for a decade. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't want her to also be, I, I don't know, bullied. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. And that's, but it's all about the conversation. I think that there's like, I found out about this ice cream actually from another podcast. I want to say, yeah, they were on a podcast. It's like a, it's like a healthier alternative and there's mm-hmm. a serving of vegetables in it. And I like, it was like laughing, watching my girls eat it. Cause it was, my girls don't eat a single vegetable. Well, actually they eat, they eat cucumbers, but like, I don't count a cucumber. As Thank God for cucumbers. Thank God for right. cucumbers. Right? <laughs> um, but they were eating like spinach and the mint chocolate chip. And you know, some of it is just about how you frame it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to split the cupcake today. We're not eating a whole one. I have a no dessert on Mondays. And my girls are like, why? I'm like, because nobody eats dessert on Mondays. So like, Poppy's like, well, I asked my friend. and she dessert on like, well, She's like, my mom's a liar. <laughs> like, her, well, her mom's going to jail. So it doesn't matter. Okay. Like, I don't know. I just think that in general, like, mm-hmm. even when it just comes down to like our outbursts or what's happening in school, it's just so important for us to have those conversations at home in like a safe way. Right. Like, mm-hmm to frame it that they can understand it or it's, it's so hard because I think we're spending so much more time with our kids too, mm-hmm. that you're worried that like, are you doing enough? Are they doing enough? Like, when is it going to be good enough? And it's like, I think when it just comes down to these sensitive topics, like mm-hmm. I think about the things that my mom did good, bad, and ugly, like <clears throat> that I want to take forward with my girls well and I think too as moms especially moms of daughters there's like an added pressure I feel like almost it's like you know we hold so much of their um you know who they're looking to us to see like who they are almost going to be mm-hmm. when they grow up so it's like I feel like there's that added like pressure onto it so like how do you guys deal with that? Because it's like, you know, you don't want to say the wrong thing because you don't want to fuck them up. And then like, then that's like forever, you know? And it's just like, it's like, this almost this like pendulum. It's like a stress, you know, that's like always mm-hmm. sort of there. I don't know if you guys have it, but I always, am like, fuck, if I say this, will it stick with her forever? And that's it. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, how do yeah. you deal with that? I think it's also what they, the messages that they see, you know, I, I curate some of what Phoenix watches and, you know, like even when you talk about social media, I only follow accounts that are positive, like positive, that are body positive accounts that are not about just, not that I'm saying that like showing off your body is not great. It's great. It's like, I think each to their own, it just doesn't make me feel good, you know? So, because I have my own issues. So it's the same with Phoenix. Like I just make sure that like when I'm seeing a billboard, like with, someone who's plus size and Phoenix now knows what overweight and underweight is. She'll be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that person is bigger. And I'll be like, okay, but bigger is just a thing. It just is. It's just a Mm -hmm. thing. And she was like, well, what do you mean? Like, what is fat? And I go, fat is just a thing. It's just Mm -hmm. a thing that people have. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And she's like, Oh, okay. She's like, well, nanny's like, you know, fat. She uses that word. Mm -hmm. And I go, but what, what is fat? And then she repeated, it's just a thing. So I think it's like the, like pointing out certain things in their environment Mm -hmm. and saying why it's okay and why it's normal so that when they get older, they go, oh, my jeans are too tight. That's okay. Because Mm -hmm. it's just a thing. Right. It is. Mm -hmm. I, I spend a lot of time 
making my, I want my girls to be conscious mm-hmm. that they're very lucky that mm-hmm. they have what some kids don't have. Mm-hmm. And so I spend, I, 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 especially this year feel like I spent a lot of time, you know, teaching the girls about like, okay, we're going to make meals for the homeless. Mm-hmm. Right. And like the conversations that came from that were so interesting to me. Like mm-hmm. they couldn't understand the concept of like, some people don't have their next right. meal. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that was so weird to uh, my three-year-old is not in this conversation, obviously, but it was more <laughs> with my six-year-old. And, you know, when we would make the bags, I was like, it's not just about giving them food. It's about like a message and making them feel good and letting them know that somebody else cares. And so it came to my daughter, like, should we put cards in the lunch bags? And I was like, yes. Like I loved that. I was so proud of her in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we went to drop off the lunch bags and she said to me, but how do you know that there's, that you can get a meal here? Mm -hmm. And she actually asked me like a couple of days later, mom, I have a question. Do you think that the meals were eaten, the sandwiches? And I was like, yeah, I think they were probably eaten within a couple of hours of us dropping them off. We dropped them off to a church. And she said, well, how do people know? Like, it was like, so how do people know that they can go there? And I said, well, the church does a, a really, uh, they do a lot of work to make sure the way, the same way mm-hmm. I do work to make my message that I sell jewelry, the church does work to make sure that they, people know that they can help them. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, wow. But what if you don't live near the church? And I was like, okay. She was like, do you take an Uber? And I was like, no, because you can. I was like, <laughs> so many questions. Yes. I'm just like, it just is. <laughs> right. Spoken but like a true child yeah, of the 2020s. Somebody, found, somebody like posted these like fridges, these refrigerators that are in Chicago. They're in all different alleys. They're in like outside of restaurants. And I was like, okay, so now I could take her. They're called the love fridges, which is the most wonderful genius idea. You can take food from your house, from your pantry, you can go to Target. So what I said was, let's do a Target pickup. We'll fill the car with shelf-stable stuff. And we're going to go find one of the fridges. And so we went to the fridge and we loaded up the fridge and we sat in the car and we talked about it. And I was like, this is for people who don't know or can't get to the church that they're mm-hmm. spreading them out all over Chicago. And she was like, she couldn't believe it. And then we mm-hmm. watched a man who clearly looked homeless, mm-hmm. open the fridge take a yogurt and maybe like a turkey or some something mm-hmm. and it turned into the next conversation the next question where you're like okay now stop I don't have the answer to everything <laughs> I was like but where is he gonna go what if they don't have a house and I was like oh my god I'm not it I like and I said <laughs> Maybe he has a brother and he's bringing that chicken to his brother. Like, right, right. but I want, but I like, you know, the other day she said to me, mom, when are we going to make more meals? And we actually walked by a church and she said, what's everybody do? This was actually Sunday. We walked by a church. She's like, whatever, what's everyone doing? They were all eating out of like the typical, like takeout that white styrofoam takeout. And I said, look mm-hmm. at the church made meals today. Mm-hmm. And these people came to have a meal. And this might be the only meal that they had today. And I spend so much time trying to, mm-hmm. because I fear that mean girl at the playground mm-hmm. who just doesn't include people and is not thoughtful about like, you're not all the same. And so I, I get, you know, I'm sure you guys experience this too, where you get things in the mail, people mm-hmm. want to send you something. And I make it such a point that like, you're so lucky that somebody sent you cookies mm-hmm. today. 
Like you are so yeah, lucky yeah. that somebody mm-hmm, made you yeah. a bracelet with your name mm-hmm. on it. So I spend probably way too much time harping on it. But I love when someone says like, it was so nice to see Poppy. She, she really wanted, she really told my daughter like that she missed her and she hoped that they could FaceTime together or something. Mm-hmm. I just want to raise good kids. Like I really do. Good people. I just want to raise good yeah. people. And remember, you know, like, yeah, they contribute and like give back, especially that's really good, important. Just good people. And I yeah. feel like we can all harp on, you know, there are some of those YouTube kids videos. They're so fucking awful. And the girls are like mean, they're like mean, fake Barbies or something. Mm-hmm. And I will look at my girls and they will know instantly to turn it off. Cause I was like that crying, like I don't know what parent thinks it's a good idea to put videos on YouTube mm-hmm. of like whining, crying kids, you mm-hmm. know, but I like my kids, they know I'll look at them and I'll be like, turn that off. Turn, like, turn it off. Turn, it turn off. that like, shit and rate off. It and do that on the, on <laughs> yeah. the, like, you know, the rating or whatever. Well, but I that, that mm-hmm. we're spending so much time with them that we're like, we're impressionable on them right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, I we talk about the virus like is as, as if it's like one day like Donald Trump when he said it's just gonna disappear, you know, like when he said that. Um, like my girls are like, Mom, when the virus is over, can we go on an airplane? I'm like, you. When the virus is over, yeah. isn't that like what everyone says? All their kids. When the virus is over, when the, <laughs> when virus, the virus is over, is over literally. I'm like, like, yeah. I'm like yeah. you know what? When the virus is over, we can go get another cu- cookie or what? Like everything is blamed on the virus, yeah. right? But it's well, like their lives have changed too. We should yeah. be, we have to meet them there. You well, know? It's like they're seeing the good, bad, and the ugly too of like being with us day in and day out too. You know, it's like they see the fights and, the, you know, even with the husband and like, you know, doing yeah. like, there's no like break at all. So I guess, yeah, it's a learning experience for everybody. Well, oh, right. Tamin, Tamin, no. why don't we oh, do yes. a couple never have I ever. Yes, we should You've do a quick. Yes. Yes. So we'll do a few quick never have I ever's before my kid comes back naked <laughs> yeah. in the background. <laughs> okay. Never have I ever gone into another room and screamed into a pillow when my kids were bugging me. Like every day. <laughs> you say yes. <laughs> yes. Or every shot, damn day. Or shotgun to beer, whatever it is, you know. Yes. <laughs> tequila back, you know. Um, okay. So never, ooh. Never have I ever regretted learn loaning out jewelry to a celebrity. Hmm. Yes. <gasps> who? Yeah, who was it? Like dozens. Really? So much, so much jewelry lost in 13 lost? years. Lost? So much jewelry lost. Lost, but is really kept at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really sitting on their net and I yeah. can't. <laughs> okay. Never have I ever. Hmm. Lied to my husband in the last week. I don't think I lied to him this week. I'm in shock. I was gonna. You're like just this week. (laughs) Really? Not at all. No lies. Like I feel like I'm lying to myself right now. (laughs) No lies. Never. I don't, I don't actually lie. I, I actually overtell. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like tell too much. much to the point where my husband's like, but didn't need to know that. I was didn't like, yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah. I was like that guy, like at the park, like, you know, like, you know, he was cute. And he's, he's like, I don't need to know. I like, don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to know that. Okay. okay. Never have I ever 
done and mastered the art of hungover parenting. Mm. I feel like I'm hung. You guys, I feel like these are trick questions. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I'm never hungover because I'm never not drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like I started the podcast showing you guys my cocktail. I love it. I feel like I'm hungover. I've been hungover for a year. <laughs> it's true. Don't I you think that. you're just in general, like your drinking has gone up like since this no. quarantine has started? So I drink twice. Significantly. Twice? Pyramid's only yeah, I, I did six twice. months this morning because I decided to give up alcohol when it was like five, four, three, two, one, happy 2020. I was like, Let's, I'm not drinking this year. I'm not a big drinker anyway, but I do like a, dr- a drink. But I was just like, you know what? I don't drink that much. So like, it doesn't give me, I don't really need it. And then I totally needed it because it was, uh, we're in quarantine and I didn't drink until August. And then I drank on my birthday. And then probably one a week, maybe. Like I haven't drank in January yet, but my husband has had COVID. We're probably like completely opposite. Like the two days you drank are the two days I didn't <laughs> yeah. drink. Like, like. I mean, I, if I could feel good drinking all the time, I would. I just don't it, feel good. But you, I don't feel, feel good, good while I, you're drinking. It's just the next. Day. Yeah, like the next day, I feel irritable and I feel <laughs> more aggressive to my kids, and I feel like I can't function with like my work. So yeah, you're like. That's because you're not drinking enough. Yeah, yeah exactly. you, you need a drink. Did you did you postmate that? Yeah. I'm going to. Way. If I can just get off the podcast, I'll postmate the CBS. <laughs> Damn it, you have got to up your drinking. That's what we've decided. Okay. Especially because yeah. we're not getting out of this quarantine anytime soon. Don't moral, say that. Moral of the story. And it, maybe what about CBD gummies? What yeah. like you know something? Sex was my release, but Roxy's like what? <laughs> Um, what? so yeah, I like, I like to have sex to calm down. It's the weirdest thing. Oh wait, my God. I'm really stressed. I like to have sex. <laughs> That's wild. But what have you been doing, Tammy? Because you, he's been sick with COVID for yeah. the last oh, three weeks. It's been a month. It's been like a long time. <laughs> you must be like drying up. Cause you are like dying. I'm dried up. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm like not even a human anymore. Like I, and I, he was like, you know, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I'm like, it's not okay. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't like to go three days without having sex or I get very upset. Oh my God. Yeah. You're for you. Die. Yeah. I get She's really good. depressed. I get really sad about it. I feel in love. But maybe it's, maybe it's more of a something to talk to my CVS therapist about. <laughs> um, it, there's a part of me that was like, oh, I feel loved when I get sex. So yes, that's a part that's, I need to fix uh, emotionally. But I also just really like it. And it's like, for me, it's like, well, orgasming is good. So like, why wouldn't I want to do that all the time? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. chocolate's good. So why wouldn't I want to eat that all the time? Sure. Mm-hmm. Wine is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> why don't I want to do that all the time? I think women, and this, we had a great podcast with um, a hormone specialist. I think women don't want to have sex because the whole experience isn't, doesn't feel good. Like maybe right at the end, it feels good or you have to work yourself up and like, so it's exhausting, but there's a way for the whole experience to be great. And that is, and she goes into detail and it's, it's a process. It's not like, and men are very different to women. Um, it's a slow process, but women can really enjoy the whole experience of sex. And it's less of a chore. I think women think it's a chore because it's not so fun the whole time. You know what I mean? So it's like, Oh, I'm going to have to wait like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, one minute, whatever it is. Mm. And then like, I only have fun for like two seconds, you know? Mm. 
So if it's if it's the whole experience is fun, I think women would want to do it more, you know? Yeah. That's all. And on that note, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having sex tonight. You guys can. Oh, no, yeah. Um, but I'm not. Well, that's not entirely true because you can have sex by yourself. I know. It's just not as fun. But I know. <laughs> I'm just like, it's a little boring and fast. And like, you know, that was a minute of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. You could do FaceTime. What am I going to do? What am I going to do, do for the next time. minute? You could do FaceTime sex with Sean. Roxy, he can't even move, okay? He can't even, like, walk. He can't hold the phone. He can't hold the phone. He can't talk. I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that everyone knows that he's negative, by the way. So everyone's, okay, so I'm not like he's not still really sick. He's negative, but he's just exhausted, poor thing. Yeah, poor guy. Well, well hopefully he turns a corner and... I can have sex. <laughs> I can have sex. <laughs> she can get back to normal and get on. Hopefully, it gets better for me. <laughs> so no. it's about you. I was just yeah. Saying. So it's really about me <laughs> right now. Like better. in the beginning, it was about him. It was like, please, like, be okay. And now I'm like, okay. It's like it's time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you deserve a you deserve a reward at the end of this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yes. tonight I'm ordering CVS wine, which I yes. do. <laughs> Yes, girl, you need um, to. I'll I'll put it on Instagram for you guys to follow my experience. <laughs> yeah. It is $5.95, so I'm a little worried. <laughs> um, but you can take what you can get at this point, you know? You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Well, thank you guys for having me. It was so fun thank to chat with you guys. You guys thank are adorable. You. And thank where you. can everyone tell us about where they can find you, your website, your Instagram, all the all, all the things that they can do. So our website is DanaRebeccaDesigns.com and our Instagram is at DanaRebecca. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And I yeah. have to say, and I am wearing the beautiful rings tonight. I love yay. these guys. Beautiful. And I would be if yeah. I didn't was worried about giving someone a someone virus. You're currently quarantined. <laughs> yeah. But we will be out soon. Right. And thanks, guys. Just don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment. Yes. Comment. And don't forget. Don't forget. And we are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And one more time, rate, subscribe, and comment. We got it, Roxy. We got, we it. got, you got it. it. You got it. You got it. And I am Tamin Sarasak. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women on Top. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.